for your good. Amen. When you thought all was lost and nothing was left, he turned it for good. Amen. We're going to see a victory. You can see a victory tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift him up again right now. Lift him up. Hallelujah. Thank you for meeting us here, God. Thank you for meeting us here, Lord. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. God is present. Hallelujah. Oh, we long to get close to you tonight, Jesus. Move in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise tonight. Ain't he good? Ain't he good to you? God. Thank you, Sister Kirsten. We're going to look into the Word tonight in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Brother Josh, I don't know if these scriptures are in there or not, so amen. we may have to wing it. You can trust me if you need to. Uh, I'm going to read right out of the Word. Sister LaRue, it would be great if I could get a water. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I want to say also that I am so thankful, so thankful for the word that was delivered this morning. Amen. Because <clears throat> pastor did some pastoring for a while. Yes, Lord. And we needed to hear that. Yes. We needed Amen. to hear something about worship. I think we could just have, you know, sort of a breaking loose of worship around here. We, we've had a breaking loose of, of prayer. We, we've tried to foster a breaking loose of gifts of the Spirit. Why not a breaking loose of worship? Praise. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't, I don't know about you, but I think it may be the will of God. Come on, amen. Amen. Oh, what things might happen, you know, and 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 you know. She brought the alabaster box, and it, I don't—I don't recall it saying that she gave a portion of what was in it. I don't remember that. I don't think. I believe that it said that she broke this box, symboling worship entirely given and broken. Yes, amen. And I feel like this morning we had kind of a crack, a breaking, but it needs to just break open completely. Uh, permanently unto God. Amen. And maybe we can break the rest of that tonight. You know, if you're all right with that. Is anybody on board with that? Amen. I mean, I know He's always worthy of His worship. And, and He desires us to be worshipful. He's... He, he is worthy of all worship, but our worship is not always willing. And maybe, maybe today we can let all of that loose unto Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, and I tell you what, just, uh, just if you will, preach with me tonight. Is that okay? I'm just going to repeat what I feel like God gave to me here in Deuteronomy chapter 32. It says this, this is New King James Version. Then the Lord spoke to Moses that very same day saying, go up this mountain 
of the Abarim, Mount Nabo, which is in the land of Moab across from Jericho. View the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel as a possession, and die on the mountain which you ascend. So you, you understand uh, how impacting of a word is coming from God here. I want you to view this land that I'm giving my people. And while, while you're up on this mountain, uh, we're going to need you to die while you're there. So a heavy word, okay? And die on the mountain which you ascend and be gathered to your people, just as Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. Because... You trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, because you did not hallow me in the midst of the children of Israel. Everybody remember what God is referring to there. He was Moses, they needed water, and he struck the rock. And this is the punishment that would come from God. This happened a while back, but still yet the punishment stands. Yet, verse 52, you shall see the land before you, though you shall not go there into the land which I am giving to the children of Israel. Now this is the end of that chapter. God is through talking. The very next chapter, chapter 33 and verse 1, Moses turns around after being told this by God. Verse 1, now this is the blessing with which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And in your Bible, you probably see sort of a different uh, lettering there. It's, it's kind of mashed together. This is, this is the word that, that Moses is speaking over the people. And we're going to go down in that to verse 29 at the bottom of it. And I want you to listen to these words at the end of what Moses is saying to the people Listen very closely. Verse 29. Happy are you, O Israel. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? The shield of your help and the sword of your majesty. Your enemies shall submit to you. And you shall tread down their high places. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk for a minute about the situation room of the church. Amen. Amen. Brother March, could you pray over the word tonight? Blessed Jesus, we thank you. God, we ask that you anoint Brother Ryan as he feeds us this Amen. evening. God, that you would anoint our ears and our hearts and our minds. We'll not just hear, but we'll listen, Lord. We'll accept and understand. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Just be God in this place. Speak, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody amen. said amen. amen. Somebody said amen. 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 I wish we could set our Bibles down for a minute and give God a great hand clap of praise. Like He's worthy. Amen. Come on, like He's worthy. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. You're mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. There is a room in which some of the most world-changing decisions have taken place many times. 
Amen. Brother Josh, Brother Blake should have some pictures in there somewhere if you can find them. Just flip through those. There's, he's going to show you some pictures of the history of this room. Miles away from where we are at right now. In Washington, D.C., in the west wing of the White House itself, sits what is known as the Situation Room. The creation of this room was ordered by John F. Kennedy during his tenure as president. He commissioned this room to be created directly after a failed military mission that was partly due to not having clear communication. Now this is, this is a good while back. Uh, I noticed at, the, if, at that last picture, right at the head of the table was Jimmy Carter. It's been, it's been here a while, and all of these men... Uh, I know that there's a picture in here somewhere of Henry Kissinger standing in this room. Uh, they created this room after a, a failed mission. And so today we have the Situation Room. As you'll notice, it's been updated several times. And it's been used in such events such as 9-11, uh, special ops missions that have taken place over the years ordered by the president or head military, natural disasters that have taken place. I, I, don't, I haven't recalled a, a news article recently that I've read, but I can almost guarantee you that at some point during this coronavirus deal, they have met inside that room. Amen. I can almost guarantee you. It was designed for secure communication for the president to command any and all forces the United States has. It's all at his fingertips. The head generals are usually present. There is a picture, I don't know if it's in there or not, of a phone booth that has been created into the wall where they can go and slide a door shut and there's a secure connection phone to any military leader or dignitary of any country that they have access to. And it's used to gain communication and order the events to take place, particularly when the country is on the cusp of an important moment. Now I'm going to repeat that again. The Situation Room is most often used when the country is on the cusp of an important moment. Do you ever feel as if you, we, together in this church are on the cusp of something special? Amen. Amen. Right, come on, somebody. Amen. You're not, you're not fooling me today. You know we are on the cusp of something. Amen. And there's many times when it's come out of pastor's mouth or somebody standing in this pulpit or in prayer, something spoken that we feel as though we are crossing the threshold of something special. That's right. Something different from the norm. If I may speak openly to you, we have been on the cusp of something very big for a long time now. As a matter of fact, I know that we are crossing the threshold of it even right now. Amen. It's a fact. Amen. And there, there's no denying it. I want to issue a notice to everybody in this room. If you don't recognize this transfer that's happening, this movement that is happening, if you're not engaged in what the Spirit is doing, it's time to wake up in the name of Jesus. Because He's crossing us even right now. 
Amen. He's moving us in a direction. Amen. Like the waves of an ocean moving a ship. Amen. And what we are beginning to see is exactly what God has promised. Amen. And I don't intend to be very long today, but I do want you to know that I believe that it is the will of God that for every promise that we find in this book, that we accept it and we walk in it and we take ownership in everything that's promised for the church. If it's in that book, it's for me. If it's in that book, it's for you. If it's in that book, it's for your family. I don't want to deny God laying it out before me and not walking in it. Amen. I believe that there is a people that God has called that is now ready to walk into a promised land. Amen. I'm talking about a people that is no longer shaky and, and wobbly in their stance, but they have found solid ground. And they're marching on solid ground in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I am ready to do business on behalf of my Father on the earth. Amen. As He's given me power to do. Amen. And license and keys. I want to operate in His kingdom. Amen. I want to operate in my Father's business. Hallelujah. That's what He's commissioned His church to do. Amen. I'm ready to walk in the Holy Ghost. Anybody, are you ready? Amen. If God puts it on you to lay hands on somebody, are you ready to do that? Amen. If He places a word in your heart to speak to somebody, are you ready to do that? This is the operation of the church in the end time. And so here we find an elder Moses, the prophet, at the age of 120. 120 years old at what we're reading right now. And he's about to step up the prophet and speak a word to the people. Moses, a man who many people must misunderstand at this point. Um, you might say, he's about to speak. Uh, isn't he the one who disobeyed God? The one who didn't do right. He's about to speak. Yes, Moses messed up. We're not going to try to get around that today. He messed up because he was a human being. That's right. And out of nature, we live in a sinful world. And sometimes humans mess up. That's right. Amen. Yes, he had his struggles in life. But we need to see something about Moses today. And that's that he is to be remembered for his faithfulness in spite of his failure. That's right. That's good. And the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 34 and 7 that although he was 120, I read you, his eyes were not dim and his natural vigor was not diminished at 120. No. He was not always perfect. And yes, some things happened in his life, but from his first day with God to his last day with God to every day in between, what held the life of Moses together and what made the difference was faithfulness. At the punishment that God issued when He struck that rock, He could have set the staff down, turned around, and bailed. 
but he did not do that. He continued to march with the people of God and fulfill the calling God had for his life. Something happens. You don't take a 20 year setback and not live for God. Amen. You you start on this journey and things are going to happen. Things are going to take place, but you don't take a step back. You keep moving forward. Amen. And be faithful. There's some things that will stand forever just because of faithfulness. Just because of faithfulness. Amen. And so it's important we understand that about Him. And Moses is told by God that it has come time for his death. And it tells him that he will see the land, but he won't go in. He will stand with the people at the threshold, at the cusp of what would happen. But only they will go in. And Moses, feeling the gravity and the importance of this moment, decides that it is time to get the people together and speak a word. Moses said to himself, Self, we got a situation. He calls the people together into the situation room, if you will. And he begins to give forth a word of blessing over the people that ends up being Deuteronomy chapter 33 in our Bible. The heading in my Bible, you know, you got headings over such a scripture in your Bible. It says, Moses' final blessing on Israel. And what he does is he begins to speak over specific tribes. You know, the tribes of Israel that have been part of Israel marching all this time. And so he speaks specific things over each tribe, such as, let Reuben live and not die, nor let his men be few. And then, and this be said of Judah, hear, Lord, the voice of Judah and bring him to his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him and may you be a help against his enemies. Things like of Benjamin, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him who shelters him all the day long and he shall dwell between His shoulders. All these blessings. Wonderful to read. And then there at the end, He begins to speak over the entire body of Israel. He stops the specific words of blessings for tribes. And He speaks over the whole nation of Israel. You understand that the people of Israel Throughout the Old Testament, they were a type of the church. They symbolized the church. And this is how we can read the Old Testament with relevance because you put yourself in their place. They were God's chosen people. And we are God's chosen people. And I'm going to read exactly what He said by inspiration of God. And I believe that revelation and power is going to hit this place when I read it before this service is over in a way that's going to leave somebody changed. But you understand that this was not some farewell, feel-good, last-stand, pitiful speech that Moses was given because he was dying. It was not that by any measure today. No, no, no. He understood where they were standing. 
He understood that they were crossing over into something that people had been praying over for years. Amen. And Mama and Daddy said that there would be a day like this. I remember hearing it taught that a day was coming like this. Elder ones that had long passed had lifted up prayers for this moment. And now they were seeing prayers of the elders come to pass. Can I tell you tonight that we are living in a day in which we are seeing and walking in things that elders prayed and sought God for. Amen. We are seeing things come to pass that we never prayed. Some of them we prayed with them, but some of them we've never touched the throne about, but we're walking in it. And we're seeing God do it. St. John chapter 4, verse 35 Jesus begins talking about some of this. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps shall rejoice together. For in this saying is true. One sows and another reaps. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Amen. We are walking even in this church in things that people prayed for that are no longer sitting here. Amen. And we benefit from that. Hallelujah. We're seeing things come to pass. Amen. And there are are strongholds of tradition that we are watching crumble before our very eyes in this community. Can I tell you that there were people on this very plot of land that hit their knees and tears flowed down their face as they prayed, God, break tradition in this community. Break the strongholds of people who are too set in what mom and daddy has always done all of their life and bring them into this altar and fill them with the Holy Ghost. And when I look across this congregation tonight, Amen. It ain't a church full of them yet, but we are just getting started. We are seeing it happen, folks. God is doing it. We're reaping what we did not sow. It's happening. It's happening. Amen. Maybe you're just now realizing it, but it's taking place around you. This saying is true. One sows and another reaps. And we are reaping. Amen. And you know the truth of it is, it ought to absolutely excite us to be at church. Amen. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? We ought to be overjoyed to be at church. Why? Because when you come in here, you have no idea what old dead saint is going to have a prayer answered when you walk in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Amen. You walk in and maybe you didn't even pray it, but before the service is over, you may walk in it. Yes. Amen. And we pray it with some of them. 
Amen. And we join with them though they're long gone. And we're going to see. We're going to see a victory, Sister Kirsten. Amen. You never know. You never know what prayer might be answered when you walk in this room. Amen. You know, you know, in the early 1900s, when this thing was breaking out again the way it always should have been, and people were experiencing it for the first times in their lives, in that century, in that millennium, they were feeling the Holy Ghost move and being filled with it. The truth of it is, they didn't know the whole truth. They didn't have the whole truth. That's why, you know, we, 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 we learned about it. We've had some history lesson that they would have a tent revival and somebody would run through the campground screaming, I've got the revelation of Jesus' name, baptism. And everybody getting the word. And they wasn't busy trying to contradict it with what else they had lived in a former life because the Holy Ghost was searching the Scriptures with them. Yes. Come on, Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's, that's the kicker there. You know, yeah. I, There's a lot of stuff in this Word that people that are not in truth read completely over. But when you get the Spirit in your life and you're reading it, oh, revelation begins to come. And God shows you things. And man, you see, it's not supposed to be just the Word and then you know, other people get the Spirit. No, it's meant for both of them to be in your life. That's right. To get a full revelation. Amen. And so over time, over time, we've been getting nuggets of truth that God's given us in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oneness. Baptism in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And the truth of it is, He's still giving nuggets of truth to His yes, church. He is. Yes, He is. Amen. Until one day it's perfected and He takes it up to be with Him. And so today, we're getting even more than they had back then. That's right. And we're seeing things that they only dreamed to see back then. You know, they have a tent revival with a thousand people, two thousand people. Oh, it was a wonderful, amazing thing in that time. But if you tell them that we're going to fill up a stadium, a massive building with 30,000 apostolics in Indianapolis. That's right. Oh, huh. we are reaping things we have not sown. Come on. Amen. We're seeing things. Amen. That not entirely did we sow. Amen. I heard about a phone call just this weekend. Brother Nate Smith, our Arkansas District Youth President. He called Brother Jerry Dean, who happens to be a former Arkansas Youth President. Down in Louisiana, he called him and said, Brother Dean, I want you to come and preach at the She's for Christ kickoff rally in just a few months. And he said, we're hoping for an even bigger offering. And Brother Dean, who was driving in his truck and had the phone connected, you know how you talk in your, in your vehicles, uh, it, it, you can talk and it's connected to your vehicle. And he's talking to him and he asked Brother Nate, he said, well, how much did you folks raise last year? And Brother Nate told him the truth, which is about $300,000 the biggest offering the Arkansas District's ever seen for She's for Christ. This church raised a big part of that. Amen. Amen. This section raised a big part of that. And all of a sudden, there was a silence on the other side of the phone. And then he heard weeping. And Brother Dean crying out and thanking God because he said, 
Brother Smith, you are living out something I prayed when I was in your position. You are reaping something that we sowed in the altar of prayer years ago. Amen. The past is not the best times we've ever seen. The now we are living the best times we have ever seen. Amen. This church has seen some awesome things. Pastor, isn't this the 70th year of this church? Is that right? The 70th year of this church. Amen. And I would walk right up to any member that has ever been of this church of any year and tell them, we're going to see better than you've seen. Not in arrogance, but because I know God's good. Because I know He'll do it. We'll reap better than what they did back then. So you see, Moses completely understood. He completely understood this was a moment for the ages. This was a time for the ages. And what he was going to say wasn't just something to comfort the people in that he was dying. It wasn't a pity party. That wasn't the kind of word that he was given. His intention was that he would say exactly what these people needed to hear as they walked over into a land flowing with milk and honey in which they would have to do battle to be prepared to destroy nations who opposed their possession of that land. And the easiest way to say this again is that he was calling them into a situation room. Amen. And today, as I stand before you on this platform under the anointing, I'm telling you, I'm calling us into the situation room. Because it is time to mobilize. It is time to ready yourself at what God is getting ready to do. We are walking into something right now. I said we're walking into something. God's taking us there. And this is not a thing where we're going to see it next month or next year or next decade. It's not like that. I'm talking about a threshold that we stand on right now. Yes, Lord. That God has placed us at. So what did He say? What did Moses say for that moment that we too stand on? What is it that He has to say to you? Everybody say to me. me. What is it that He has to say? I'm going to read it to you. Deuteronomy 33, verse 29. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. Praise God. Amen. The question is actually a declaration. There is no people like you. That's right. Amen. I'm telling this to this church tonight. There is nobody like the people in this room. Amen. And that is not pride, that's not arrogance. 
I'm talking to you about God loves His church. And He blesses His church. He's got a plan for His church. And there is nobody like the church. The world would tell you something different. They would have a different word to say about the church. You go up and Google whatever you want to about the church. A lot of times it's going to be negative. But when I get into this book, and when God talks about His church, Oh, I can't help but see anything but that He loves His church. And that He stands beside it. And that He works alongside it. Amen. I want to tell you today that God loves this moment that we find ourselves in. And because of that, He is favoring this church. Amen. He is favoring you. Amen. He's given you power, the Bible says. Behold, I give you power. Amen. And that's not to some special sect of the church or just the ones who, 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 you know, really seem like they know their Bible or something like that. No. Power to anybody as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. Amen. And if God wanted to put Paul in 2020, He would have put Paul in 2020. Oh, that's right. He wanted us. Do you understand that if he wanted to put Paul the Apostle in the year 2020, my God, he could have so well done it. He's got the power. Yeah. Amen. So all the Paul writes the books, all these books, and I don't know Paul. I thank God for Paul. He wrote some of my most favorite books of that Bible. But guess what? Paul ain't here. Come on, Paul. Come on, Paul ain't here. about, you know, Acts 2.38. You know, I mean, he knew how to do it. I mean, he had it all together. We quote that. That's the verse that we know how to say. Let's get Peter down here, you know. Oh, but Peter ain't here. That's right. That's right. Peter ain't here. Did, well, I asked you, did God make a mistake? No. Uh, 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 <coughs> does our God make mistakes? No. Come on, brother. <laughs> Was it a fluke? Oh, was it just chance, you know, that, that, that we are here today? I don't believe that God just operates at random. I That's think right. that God, He's not on a timetable. He doesn't have a clock. He doesn't operate in time, but His operations are timeless. That's right. And, and He knows He doesn't operate on a clock, but it transcends time and everything that He does because it's right on time. Amen. Right. Right. And so the person that He created in 2020 and the years beyond, the people that He put in this church is the people that's destined that's for this right. time. Right. Amen. Paul cannot experience what we're experiencing right. today. Yeah. He's not allowed.
of who we are. Amen. And then he goes on to say, the Lord, oh, hallelujah. I'm going to get excited tonight. The Lord, the shield of your help, the sword of your majesty. Now you're standing on the threshold right now. I'm going to read it again. You think about the fact that he's talking to you. Come on, let this resonate with you. The Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty. Hmm. Hallelujah. Now, we're, we're about to walk into this land, you know, and, and it, oh, we sent out the spies years ago and they seen all these giants, you know, and they come back and, well, we're just like grasshoppers. You know, we're just another citizen of America in 2020, you know, just part of this big melting pot of people, you know, we're just kind of here and there's all these obstacles that we've got around us. Battles that we're going to have to fight in order to see that kind of revival. Come on. You know, maybe the best thing is to just kind of settle in. Just, you know, take a step back. A little bit too ambitious now. You know, maybe that was a little bit too far of a step, but I seem to recall Somebody by the name of Caleb that said, no, the land is ready for us to take right right now. 
Amen. You say, well, we're going to wait until we get about 100 people to take the land. No, sir. The land is ready for us to take right now. Amen. Well, there's obstacles over there. You don't completely understand that the Lord is the shield of our help and the sword of your majesty. Well, I can't find I don't have the ability. You don't have to have the ability. As a matter of fact, you don't have the ability. But you know who does? There is a God who's working alongside this church. Amen. He hadn't stopped because we have a down service either. He hadn't stopped because some people don't show up on Sunday morning. He's still working alongside His church. The shield of our help, the sword of our majesty, these things, it's objects used in battle. Amen. Not standing on the sidelines, but used in the battle. We are meant to fight as we cross the threshold. Hallelujah. Is this all right tonight? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to wrap this up in about another hour. Amen. What else did he say? Your enemies shall submit to you. Mm. (laughs) This is not a new thing for the church that it's going to happen. This is not something that's all of a sudden come up. Psalm 23 and verse 3, you recall, says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. And thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Amen. And so when he turns Moses under the authority of God and says, your enemies shall submit to you. This is something that's been repeated throughout the ages for the church. Amen. And there would come a time when the psalmist would write that when you find yourself in the presence of an adversary, in the presence of an enemy, God is simply going to prepare a table for you to feast at in front of them. You've had your share of obstacles, surely, in your life. And the newsflash is you're going to have more. That's right. That's kind of a bitter word to take. But you swallow that pill with this. Your enemies shall submit to you as you walk across the threshold. Now, if you stand on the threshold, it's not going to happen. If you back up from the threshold, it won't happen. Amen. And that's why He told them when they met a Red Sea and all of the adversary was behind them chasing them into it. You don't stop where you're at. 
You don't merely stand at the threshold. You don't bail from the threshold while everybody walks or you're going to be defeated. You're going to find yourself in ruin. But you march forward and your enemies are going to submit to you. You know what I find that Egyptian army doing? I find them submitting at their knees at the body of a sea. Because they could not stand as the people of God marched on. Can I tell you that there are enemies even in this city. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about spirits that are going to have to bow to what God wants. Amen. There are things that people have been praying in this room that it's all going to have to bow in order for you to march into what God wants. Amen. And then what does He say? Oh my, listen to this. Hold on a minute. Listen, listen. And you shall tread down their high places. Ah. Oh my. You shall tread down their high places. I seem to recall a scripture that says something like, We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against what? Principalities. Kingdoms of darkness. Princes of darkness in high places. And as we cross the threshold of what God wants for our life, I believe He's saying in this situation room tonight, you are going to tread down their high places. Amen. Somebody ought to accept that tonight. Amen. Amen. I don't have to explain that 15 different ways to you. I'm just repeating to you what God has told me. Amen. You're going to tread down the high places that are in this city that have found their way into your family, that have found their way into your life. It has to crumble. Yes. Amen. I believe God wants a spirit of intercession to hit this house in order for some things to fall and crumble down. Amen. There's already some things that are taking place. Amen. There's already things happening even right now as you sit in this service. God has been performing them time after time. And He continues to do it right now. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Talking about that shield and that sword of the Lord. Amen. Amen. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 8, He would say, And I also say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the hell will not prevail against it. You notice that wording right there because this is meant the wrong way, that hell will not prevail against the church, but rather what the wording really means, if you look at it, is that the gates that we are coming across the threshold of cannot prevail when we attack it. That's a threshold that God has called us to. Amen. Hey, there are spirits that have taken hold of people in this city. 
in your family that the only thing, they are bound by it, folks. They are bound by it and they don't really have the inspiration, the understanding that they can pray their way out of it. Somebody has to get a hold of the horns of an altar and do it for them to be free. Amen. Let me put it this way. Somebody did it for me. Somebody did it for you. I've got to do it for somebody. Amen. To see them free. Amen. The Word... The word for us right now is that there are walls that are about to come down. Yes, yes. yes amen. That's the first thing that would happen when they crossed that threshold. There was a city called Jericho. <coughs> that walls would come down. Yes. And crumble walls that everybody thought would stand that wouldn't change that had been there for years. They crossed the threshold yes. and the walls began to fall. Yes, hallelujah. It wasn't them. It wasn't their power. It was God's power working through them. And so, we're reaping things that we have not sown today. Amen. Everybody remember Elijah? He gets taken, taken from the people. It's the end of his time. Elisha's, it's Elisha's turn to take this mantle. He's the successor. And the scripture says, remember that spot that says he would receive a double portion. Everybody remember that? Yes. He would receive a double portion. There's people that have misconstrued that. There's people that have said that to me, something that it is not. Because you don't like... You don't receive a double portion of the Holy Ghost or something like that. You don't receive, you got somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost, this person's full of the Holy Ghost. They don't get a double portion of the Holy Ghost over that person. It's real simple. You either got the Spirit or you don't. No. Amen. Amen. And so it's not that, it's not that, it's really that he had the double portion of the Spirit that Elijah had on him, the prophet. He was a prophet. And he would receive the double portion. If you go and read what, what happened in the life of Elijah and Elisha, we know that when Elijah's in the cave, God tells him that I have it purposed for you to anoint a king. This is going to happen. And so Elijah, being the man of God, says, okay, I'm ready for it when that happens. And so Elijah goes and lives his life, but you, you find that it never happens for Elijah. Elijah. Elijah never anoints that king. And there are kingdoms between all this time of Elijah and Elisha. And actually, Elisha ends up being the one that does it. He anoints the king. And I don't believe that it was Elijah failed in some way that he didn't get to do it. And what's interesting is we see about 19 years passing from the time that Elijah was told this to the point that Elisha anointed the king. This special king that God had chosen. All of this time, a promise that Elijah was told a long time ago 
was going to happen and it was going to set into order God's plan. 19 years later, it happens for the successor, Elisha. 19 years later. He lived what Elijah had prayed for. He walked in what Elijah had been promised. He saw the things that Elijah sought to see for such a very long time. The double portion was that Elisha, I want you to hear this tonight. This is important. Elisha, your double portion is that you are going to do exploits that I have for you. But the real double portion is that in the middle of what I've already planned for you to do, you are going to get and see the things that they labored for. <coughs> for years and years and years. This is the double portion. Yes. For you. That's good. Remember when it used to be taught on the dispensations? <laughs> You don't hear a lot about it anymore, but the dispensations in the Word. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. But the dispensation of the law, the seven dispensations. We're living in one of those dispensations, dispensation of grace today. Amen. And that happens to be the sixth dispensation. That's right. Dispensation of grace when the latter rain is going to take place. The Bible says, what about the latter rain? Anybody? What does it say about the latter rain? It's going to be greater than the former. Yeah. Yes. Amen. What we're going to see is greater than what we have seen in the past. Yes. That is the sixth dispensation. It is the sixth dispensation. <coughs> you know that the Bible has what's called the like as principle. And that God operates in numbers. You notice there's a lot of similar numbers. And, you know, the Sabbath day, we are here on the Sabbath day having church. Amen. This is our time of rest spent with God. Amen. There's like-ass principle. You know, when they had the man that was coming from God, what they would feed on, on the sixth day, what would happen? The sixth day, you went and took up double the manna from what you normally do on the sixth day of the week. And today, we sit here ourselves in the sixth dispensation. And what I'm telling you in this church is that this is the day of the double portion. This is the dispensation of the double portion that saints the Elijah's the brother Shelton's of years past have prayed things that we are seeing. Yes, Amen. There's people in this room that God prayed for your soul that today you are the answered prayer yes. and we are living and walking and seeing the blessings of God. Amen. Oh, I love it. I love it when I see a prayer answered from an old saint that I know they prayed. Yes. 
They prayed. They labored in it. Hey man, some of you know what I'm talking about. You've heard these kinds of prayers. Some of us are those prayers. Amen. Oh my God. And I love to see what God is doing in this house. Amen. Sister Sarah, Sister Angela, I just want to tell you that you are the answer to a prayer. (laughs) You are the answer to a prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm the answer to a prayer. Amen. Brother March is an answer to a prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Jeannie's raising her hand right now. I know that's because she knows I'm an answer to a prayer. Amen. You know what the blessing is today? God has called for you to do things that nobody else has done. Paul could never do. Peter could never do. But also, you're going to get to do what they prayed for. Yes, Lord. Amen. We ought to have some rejoicing in our hearts tonight. Amen. What we are crossing over into is so special. Amen. And what I believe God wants to do, what I believe He wants to do tonight, He wants to equip somebody. He wants to open up your perspective. He wants you to see see that, that field that is white for the harvest. Amen. Things that are going to happen they never thought would happen. Amen. Some things they never did pray that we're still going to see no matter what. Amen. Amen. I believe, I believe that God, even this morning, or even tonight, excuse me, could heal somebody. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You believe that? Yes. You still believe in healing? Yes. Yes, amen. God in our very midst could heal somebody of depression. He could heal somebody of an infirmity. He could heal somebody of their mind. He could heal somebody of addiction. Come on. Because all these things are open to a church standing at a threshold. Would you stand with me right now? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I believe it's open. I believe it's open to something different right now. Amen. Amen. I don't know what this has been to you. I'm just speaking as I really feel the Holy Ghost move right now. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you find yourself on a holy ground at a threshold that God wants to walk you through. That God wants to walk your family through. If you'll submit to God. If you submit to God, leave all behind. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about those things that have tied you down. Don't worry about those things that have worried you and bothered you for so long. Amen. Because I read... That every enemy cannot stand. And that at your power, at your hands, you have a sword and a shield of the Lord. 